My name is Sam, and this is how God gave me true satisfaction in my life. Uh, for myself, when I grew up, I grew up in a, in a in a family that had three kids, and I was the oldest kid, and I had a younger sister and a younger brother, and we were all two years apart, right? Um, and for me, I remember when I was so small, I remember always feeling like no one noticed me, right? Um, since I was the oldest brother in my family, um, my mom and dad would spend most of their time taking care of my younger sister and my younger brother. And even when we went skiing or snowboarding together when we were small, um, my sister would always sit with mom, my, my brother would sit with my dad, and I would always be stuck sitting with the stranger on the ski lift, right? And, and throughout most of my life, I just felt so invisible and felt like no one really noticed me. Even when I was uh, in grade school, I remember um, throughout most of um, my elementary um, school days, my nickname was the mute. People thought I didn't wasn't able to speak. I was so quiet because for myself, I just felt like no one really noticed me, and I never really felt like a need to really say something. And so, in my life, all that changed when I um, graduated grade eight because I was one year younger than everyone. My mom asked whether or not I wanted to do grade eight a second time except instead of um, enrolling me in the same school as before, because that would be really embarrassing, she decided to send me to a brand new school. And so I did grade eight a second time in a brand new school, and this experience changed everything. Um, For me, I was so unpopular before, I didn't really have any friends, but when I went and did grade eight a second time, I was the new kid, and I started to notice a couple of the popular people uh, were were interested in who I was, and they came over, and they befriended me, and they started to talk to me, and, and I started to become popular. And this is a season of my life when I started to say, hey, you know, I really like this. I like this attention that I'm getting, and I started to go and spend all my red pocket money. <laughs> That's my Chinese New Year's money um, on, on like nice clothes, nice shoes. Um, <laughs> I would wear this baggy, these baggy, baggy jeans and these Air Force One like Nike shoes just to get other people to go and notice me and like me as well. And for me, um, the more and more I did that, uh, more and more uh, friends I started getting, I, I, I started to equate um, having nice clothes or just doing well in school as ways of becoming more popular, of getting more attention. And that trickled even into university. And you see, while I was in university, I was spending a lot of money on clothes and shoes. I was trying to do well in school and trying to impress other people and and try to get more popular and have more people like me and notice me. But during that time, my parents they continued to force me to go to church and fellowship, right? And, and for me, they would tell me every single week, Sam, you better go to church, you better go for fellowship. And I was forced to go. And for me, as I went to fellowship, I, I, I noticed 
there was something very strange about fellowship. Um, these, these church gatherings um, with other university students. And you see what was so strange was that there were people in the fellowship. I used to make fun of them. Actually, I used to call them radical Christians, but these radical Christians, most of them would usually sit in the front of the, uh, the, the room as we're worshiping. And these radical Christians would be worshiping and singing so loudly um, to God. And, and for them, they didn't care what other people thought of them. And a lot of them didn't really <laughs> sing that well, but they sang really loud, right? They didn't seem to care. And, and some of them were crying and they were filled with joy. And they seemed to have this deep satisfaction in their soul. And for me, as I, you know, as I, as I went to fellowship and stuff like that, I noticed these people, these radical Christians, and they made me really wonder why these people were so satisfied. And, and when I compared them to myself, I realized I, I was not as satisfied as they were. And it puzzled me because I had, you know, I had more pop, I had more popularity, I had more friends, you know, I, I, I thought I was in a better program than them. I had so much more compared to them, except for them, they seemed to be so much more satisfied. And that really puzzled me. And, and you see, for myself, um, as I continue to go to church and fellowship, I realized that these radical Christians weren't just in fellowship. But when I went to church on Sundays, right, I thought they were just young people. But when I went to church on Sundays, I saw uh, at church, there were some, even some seniors, some people in their 80s and 90s, they have arthritis in their knees, and they would stand up even though it would hurt them so badly. And they would have their arms outstretched and be singing their heart out to God. And some of them would be crying as well. And they seem to have this deep connection, this deep satisfaction with God. And for me, that that, that just baffled me. That just left me speechless because I wanted that. That's what I was chasing after. I wanted to be satisfied in my soul. And you see, the hardest part was that after church, or even during the church service, when, when we're singing songs about loving Jesus, following Jesus, and all these things, and giving our whole lives to Jesus, I always felt strange singing it, especially singing the words, I love you, Jesus. Because when we sing those words for myself, and I see those lyrics on the screen, the thought would come in my mind. And, and only now, as I look back in time, I know that's the Holy Spirit, but but. Back in the day, this thought would come in my mind. The thought was, do you actually know me, Sam? Do you know me? Do you actually love me? And I always hate, I was just bothered by church. I was always bothered by fellowship because I was bothered by these radical Christians uh, because these people truly loved God and knew God. And, and I had a hard time calling myself a Christian because I knew I wasn't like these radical Christians and I was always uncomfortable at church because at the end of the day, I couldn't answer that question of whether or not I truly loved God, whether or not I even knew him. And you see, all throughout first year university, it was so painful because the more and more I sought after popularity, the more and more I sought after attention, the less and less satisfied I was. And I remember near the end of... Um, the first semester of first year university, I remember 
I remember going back to my room one night during winter and, and I remember just getting so frustrated saying, God, I feel so empty. And I would pray, I would pray every night, right? I would pray every night because I thought that was the Christian thing to do. My parents said I had to do that. But I remember that one night was the first night I ever prayed like this, um, where I, I just fully surrendered to God. And I, 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 just, I just opened up my heart for the very first time and was vulnerable before God and was real. And I remember just saying to God in my prayer, I said, God, I am so tired. I am so tired of chasing after people's attention and approval. I'm so tired of trying to buy nice clothes and shoes and earn like these high marks to get other people's attention. I'm so tired and I am so unsatisfied. There's this deep hole in my heart that cannot be filled with uh, uh, no matter how hard I try. And I remember saying to God, God, those radical Christians, they have something that I want. They have this deep satisfaction in that relationship with you. Give that to me. God, I want that. I will give everything up in my life if I can just have what those radical Christians have. And I remember in that moment, I didn't hear an an audible voice, but the thought came into my mind. And the thought was, it was given to them by Jesus Christ. And I remember in that moment when when I heard that, that thought enter my mind, I remember just immediately realizing, I had this, I think God gave me this realization of just how much pride I had in my life, of how much I made my life all about myself. And, and, and I remember just confessing to God, saying, God, forgive me of all this sin. Forgive me for making my life all about myself. And, and forgive me for all my pride. I, I, I'm willing to give everything up, all this sin up to you. At the end of the day, Jesus, give me that relationship with God, that intimacy with God. That's all I want in my life. And I think the crazy and most beautiful thing was God answered that prayer. I remember getting up and wiping the tears from my eyes and going, whoa, that was the most intense experience of prayer I've ever had. I've never just opened up my heart to God like that. And I remember deep down in my heart, I felt this deep sense of peace in my heart that uh, I never really experienced before. Um, but I went to back to bed and I went, I went to bed and, and the next day, you know, I didn't, I didn't suddenly grow like a halo and angel wings and my life didn't suddenly make a huge turn of a change. But it was very gradual because I started to notice some small, small changes. Because in the morning I realized um, I started to have a desire to want to go and read God's word rather than forcing myself to I remember when I went to fellowship, um, uh, I didn't have to force myself to, I wanted to, and I started to feel like God was giving me this desire to worship him instead of trying to sing and impress the people around me. God gave me this new heart to want to go and worship God with those words and really mean it. And I think over time, as I, as I continue to search after God and, 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 and seek after him, I start to realize that all the things that I chased after didn't mean that much to me anymore, right? At the end of the day, God's love for me is enough. I think um, as I continue to follow God, I remember I was reading the word of God. And as I was reading the word, um, I remember the word pride kept on popping up in my mind over and over again and also on the pages. And I remember one day just saying, God, is the whole Bible on pride? Because <laughs> it just keeps on appearing here. And 
And I remember just asking God, God, um, are you trying to show me that even after you save me, you still want to go and remove and prune me in this area of pride? And I remember God's just giving me this thought, yes. And I said, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do to get rid of all this pride in my life? And I remember um, God, God gave me this thought, this thought. I didn't, I didn't hear his voice, but I had this thought come to mind. It was a crazy thought. The crazy thought was stop working out. And I remember during that time in first year university, for me, working out was such an important thing for me. I would go to the gym and I want to get really big, right? And muscular because I, I, I knew the people who were really big and muscular uh, at my university, they got all the attention from everybody around them, right? And so for myself, I always went to the gym. And for me, surrendering, not going to the gym was the most painful thing of all. But God, I really felt in my heart um, that God was giving me this thought of not going to the gym. And so for myself, um, I stopped going to the gym, but all my housemates or all my, all my university floor mates actually um, who go to the gym regularly with me, I remember um, any of my best friend, they would come to the door and they would go and, and they would get say, Sam, let, let's go to the gym, right? And, and I remember that first time I said, no, guys, I, I can't go to the gym. And immediately they, they made fun of me. They called me something that hurt me so badly. They said, little man, <laughs> you don't want to, you're too scared to go to the gym, right? And that hurt me so much. You know, that word, it, it just, it, it felt like digging a dagger into my heart, <laughs> little man, right? It, it really hurt me. Um, and every single day, they would come by my room and ask me to go to the gym. And that same cycle would repeat. They would call me little man and it would hurt me. And I remember getting hurt so badly one time. I remember going to my closet. I was crying and I was praying. I said, God, why? Why would you go and take away something so important to me? You know, working out is so important to me. It's so key for me to get attention, right? I love it. I really enjoy the gym. And now I'm getting the opposite. I'm getting shame. Instead of getting respect and appreciation, I'm getting shame. And I remember as I was crying, I said, God, I just want to quit. I don't really want to listen to you, right? I remember the thought came in my mind. And the thought was so crystal clear. It was the question, is my love for you not enough? Same, is my love for you not enough? And in that moment, as I contemplated that question, I immediately realized that, wait a second, God's love for me, his approval for me, his acceptance of me is so enough that it doesn't matter what other people think of me. And I remember just, just weeping, no longer tears of anguish and pain, but weeping in tears of happiness as I just said, God, thank you. Thank you for your love and your approval in my life. And I remember walking out of that room just having this deep sense of peace in my heart. The next day, my friends came by and they called me little man again, but, and it hurt. It still stung. But right after I prayed, I said, God, your love for me is enough. And they did that over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month. And the crazy thing is after five months of this, they stopped because it stopped. For me, I stopped reacting. And month after month, it hurt me less and less and less until I realized after the, the five, six months passed by, I realized, wait a second, this doesn't hurt me anymore. And God, God has truly freed me from this desire to seek after other people's attention because God's attention for me is enough. And you see, the greatest desire in my heart was to seek after attention. And I think the most beautiful thing that God has shown me that is his attention for me 
is enough. I want to close off um, this testimony with one of my favorite Bible passages. Uh, and it's so beautiful. It's, it's from Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we go to God to be the one who satisfies our soul, he is the only one who's able to satisfy it better than anyone else. And he does it in his way, not the world's way. He does it in his way. But the satisfaction that he gives is the one that lasts forever. So my name is Sam, and this is how God gave me true and real satisfaction in my soul. Thank you, Sam, for sharing an incredibly valuable lesson with us. From a very forthcoming and vulnerable chapter of your life story, having matured from your younger years, even the most intricate insecurities of your heart, which had been so unique to you through your upbringings, through no faults of anyone, none of it escapes God, the Father in heaven who is ever so thoughtful for us. God has indeed blessed you and answered your prayers. Hallelujah. I rejoice in the Holy Spirit with you, Sam, for the freedom you have found in Jesus Christ, freed from the vanities of this world, directed by the cultural forces of our times only into itself, ever demanding, never satisfying to the spiritual soul. The truest and purest form of masculine identity is found rooted in the firstborn Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is our best and greatest desire. It is true what the Bible says in Ezekiel 36.26, God gives a new heart and new spirit in us so that we can follow His way carefully. A true and a loving master of our desires. Sam, your story points to God of the Bible for us. How have you experienced God in your life? Jesus said, what I whisper to you, tell it from rooftop. Even a whisper. If it comes from God, it's for the world to hear it from you. You can tell your story with us. Simply send a recording, an audio clip, or write to us. Here at OTR, we produce every kind of life stories encountering Jesus Christ as Lord. This is all for the Roof Podcast. Until next time, and blessings. Blessings.